0: Amy, and I hope you have enjoyed this summer series as much as we have enjoyed preparing it, what we're about. Kind of a survey of Park Road Baptist Church, who we are. We've talked about our particular history, we've talked about our Baptist theology, last week we talked about specifically about our theology. Um, today is an appropriate day to think about education with JD McDonald coming. Uh, a large part of JD's job will be in one way or another helping to educate our children and our young people and so we're really grateful for JD and having him come. Someone asked us this week if he was actually the second coming coming of Christ, or if Amy had just made him sound like that. I think he's close, but um, the jury is still out a little bit on that. We are excited to have J.D. with us this day, and I wanted to say before I begin my remarks um, that I'm grateful for all of you who, who teach Our opening hymn was a hymn uh, expressing gratitude for teachers. And while I will be speaking, uh, while mine and Amy's part of the sermon both deal with Christian education, education specific to the church, we're so grateful for all who have given their careers and their lives for teaching in one way or another. We have a number of teachers here. I won't make you stand, but we thank all of you for what you do, and we're grateful for that. For virtually all of this church's 73-year history, education has been important to the church's self-identity. Christian education. Teaching the story of Jesus, the message of Jesus, the life of Jesus in a way that makes good sense. I think all the ministers in Park Road's history have believed that Christianity makes good sense. That it's not just a ticket to heaven, but that the way of Jesus is a way, maybe the way, that leads to life. I told you last week as we talked about Park Road's specific theology that I believe thinking does in fact have the potential to change our behavior. It's not just the other way around. Behavior can change our thinking. I believe thinking can change our behavior. All of our predecessors have shared our belief that if we can help people to understand how to read the Bible, how to interpret scripture, how to translate the life of Jesus, how to see that biblical wisdom and gospel truth are just as relevant in contemporary society as they were to their original ancient communities, we believe we have a real chance to change people. And if the good news of the gospel is a, is social justice, not just personal salvation, then we have a real opportunity to change the world. Now, I know that's idealism, but I still believe that. The message of Jesus is not about saving your soul. It's a message about saving the collective soul, the body politic, the people. Salvation, yes, salvation for The community as a whole, as the people of God. In the early years at Park Road, I think there was an exuberance about that kind of vision, a kind of enthusiastic idealism, like, you know, if we teach it here, then maybe we can build the kingdom, the kingdom of God right here. It may be why this campus is shaped like and is called a campus. They wanted to be more than a church. 3,900 Park Road would become a campus, like other good educational institutions, a campus of opportunity, a place to study to show thyself approved, as the Bible says. For many years, the education committee at Park Road was called the Board of Education. Don't you just love that? The Board of Education. And these church committee volunteers took their work seriously guiding the departments of Christian education with utmost seriousness. There was a children's department and a youth department, a young adult and a median adult, a senior adult department. And the board of education would guide the selection of curriculum, the training of teachers, the implementation of classes, helping the members of this church to make disciplined thinking central to their Christian identity. That phrase, disciplined thinking, is one of the chapters of my life story. Dr. Molly Marshall, who was one of Amy's and my most important mentors, preached for our ordination, and she knelt in front of me during the laying on of hands, and she looked at me in the eye, and she said, Russ, never forget the importance of disciplined thinking. I have tried to take her words to heart. and The church today needs a lot more disciplined thinking maybe a lot less political passion, more disciplined thinking. Now you have heard me say recently, maybe more times than I ought to have said, that I think the Bible is hard to understand. Lots of preachers just want you to think it's easy, just pick it up and read it. I think the Bible is hard to understand. If you want to understand the Bible, you will have to study it, not just read it devotionally. Now reading devotionally is good but there must be a deeper layer. There are lots of folks, you see, who can quote chapter and verse, and they're glad to tell you why women can't preach and why gay people are not welcome at the table. It's not enough to memorize verses to support your prejudices. Studying is hard. Studying is worth the time that it takes. There is a deep wisdom to be found in Scripture, but too much of what passes for Bible study is not discipline thinking. The church these days needs more disciplined thinking. This church has believed in disciplined thinking from the beginning. I have no doubt about that, but I want to confess to you, I believe in recent years we have not done as good a job as we should have in keeping education front and center. In 2003, we engaged in a year-long process to develop a long-range plan for this church The mission statement that came out of that uh, year-long process was becoming disciples through worship and service. It captured the essence of this church. Worship has always been important, and following the the directive of that visioning process, we have continued to give emphasis to this one hour, Sunday morning, 11 o'clock, this one hour as something that should be central to the life of our church. The other emphasis that rose up during that year of study is is that service. Being a church that is actively involved with hands-on involvement in the local community is something we want to be about. Following that 2003 process, we built two Habitat Houses and established a partnership with Resurrection Baptist Church in Carlos Rojas, Cuba. We continued our work with the homeless community in Charlotte we stepped up our efforts with local schools. We have now adopted a Honduran family who is seeking asylum here. All of that is part of the emphasis of worship and service. As we walked into that challenge, worship and service, our staffing structure changed in 2012. Dan's position, associate minister for missions and family life was born as a result of that. Some long range plans sit on the shelf and gather dust Ours set the course for this church, for who we are, for what we have been for the last 20 years in a way that I think is still reflecting practical value for us, worship and service. We've not done as good a job with education. Amy and I know that one of the downsides of our shared pastoral ministry is that while you have not allocated two full-time salaries to our position, paying both of us to share the pastor's role has cut the church uh, has cut the position from this church formerly called minister of education many churches our size have a pastor a musician someone responsible for children and youth and a christian educator by some title in most baptist churches that focus takes the form of sunday school and having one person designated to oversee sunday school supporting teachers giving emphasis to an hour for study before worship Well, that pays off. We need to do better. And I think we are well positioned to make a shift in that direction. We're delighted to have J.D. McDonald joining our staff. J.D. brings many gifts and a passion for his Christian faith. I'm excited about what he is going to offer our children and youth and their families. In our staff meeting this past week, I talked with our staff our church staff, about a fall retreat that we want to to do. And I said that I see this moment in the life of our church as a chance to refocus our attention after the difficult years of COVID craziness. Part of my own focus for the next chapter of our life together is going to be education. You're going to hear more about this from me. I think we need more people involved in connection groups. If you're not in a small group, a connection group in this church, you ought to be. And I want us to create something like a college curriculum to employ many of our gifted teachers in creating some short-term classes. Now, let me promise you that there will be no homework assignments and no final exams. But we might offer you a chance to spend three weeks studying the spirituality of the body or six weeks on the biblical book of Ruth. Gray Clark might offer an overview of mindfulness meditation. And Missy Solomon might bring back her soul collage as an offering. Some short-term opportunities for you to be involved in disciplined thinking. I hope this fall to have some of these in place and to give you a chance, especially if you're not already in a Sunday morning connection group, to make a commitment to do some disciplined thinking about your faith. Amy said in a recent sermon that this church did not become who we are by happenstance, and that if we want to maintain what has been good and true and effective about our brand of faith community, then we will need to be intentional about that. Now, I'm not arrogant about who Park Road is, but I do believe in our brand of church. I want to keep our particular voice strong in the community, and I believe that disciplined thinking will be essential to that. Since we're focusing on the Proverbs this summer, let me share with you the Chinese proverb that says, teachers open the door, but you must enter by yourself. There are many opportunities for you to practice discipline thinking here, and we plan to increase those opportunities in the near future, but you will need to enter those doors by yourself. I hope you will.
1: This proverb that I need to read to you, I know it by heart. I'm supposed to read that first. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge God, and God will guide your paths. Is something like that, even if not word for word. You've heard the ancient story. This proverb is my mother-in-law's favorite passage of scripture. Now, unlike Russ, I did not grow up memorizing scripture. Sometimes he feels a bit like a walking Bible compared to me, but this one I've committed to memory, and I just proved it to you because it's over there on the seat where I meant to bring it up with me. So thank goodness... I know this one by heart, but I only know it by heart because of a camp song that we've sung for almost 40 years. It's an easy tune, just a few words, just the words of verses 5 and 6 of Proverbs 3. And I'm guessing we've sung it with thousands of children and youth over these years. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean to your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. In all your ways acknowledge God. In all your ways acknowledge God. God will make, God will make your pathway straight. In all your ways acknowledge God. We're doing music next week. We learn a lot of theology in music. You learn a lot of scripture in music. You commit things to memory through music. So I'm grateful for that tune that we've sung so many times because now trust in the Lord with all your heart is embedded deeply in my being. That song comes complete with fun guitar licks and a few echoes and even some harmony. So I've been singing it and humming it all week long, knowing that I was preaching on this proverb today. It wasn't until I considered this proverb as it relates to education, Christian education, spiritual formation, that the proverb gave me pause. Do not lean to your own understanding. Huh then what's the point of learning and growing and getting educated about God if I'm not supposed to lean into my own understanding? What's up with love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength if I'm not supposed to lean on my own understanding? How could I have never heard that phrase before? Over the years, the more I have studied, the more I have thought, the more I have pondered, the more I have learned, the more I have felt a closeness and a kinship with God. My faith has been made so much stronger, so much more real, so much richer as I have gained knowledge and understanding. But in this quest for knowledge and understanding, what I have discovered is that the questions have become so much more important than the answers so maybe it's all about the lean do not lean on your own understanding perhaps that's more of a warning to not be about seeking solid and definitive answers about who God is and how God is at work in the world, and much more of a leaning into God with our ponderings and our wonderings and our trying to understand God. Trust is letting go of control. And do we ever love control? Just me. I have control issues, I'll admit it. I like the laundry folded a certain way. I like the dishwasher loaded a certain way. In my own defense though, as much as I want control because I want things to go the way I want them to go, often I want things to go the way I want them to go because I think it will please someone or make someone feel content or happy. And so I want it to go just this way because I want others to be content and happy. And sometimes I just want them to be the way I want them to be. I mean, I don't want to be too perfect here. Often there seems to be a contest between trust and control. As one writer puts it, Trust is not a possession we can secure for ourselves and then ration out to God. Trust is rather the living tissue of our relationship with God. What makes trust so fundamentally at odds with control and therefore such a challenge for all who desire God is that God continually revises and expands who we think God is supposed to be. To trust God means accepting friendship with one whose radical otherness is the utter mystery of infinitely unfettered love. So maybe what we have is not control issues, but trust issues. We want faith to be fact and easy to understand. But if we trust in God, then faith will be a leaning into a mystery with profound interest. If we trust in God, then faith will be a leaning into an unknown with gratitude for what might be if we keep leaning in. When someone lowers their voice, grabs our attention, and we lean in to listen more carefully to better understand and be in the loop. When someone's telling a great story, we lean in to capture the whole of the tale, not wanting to miss a beat. It's not checking your brain at the door and being chastised for a thinking faith as if you're not intelligent enough to understand God, but rather it is a leaning in to more fully comprehend who God is and how God is at work in the world. Did you catch the phrase from the quote I shared from the editor of a journal called Weavings? What makes trust so fundamentally at odds with control and therefore such a challenge for all who desire God is that God is, continually revises and expands who we think God is supposed to be. Is God ever changing or or are our ideas about God ever changing? And what does it matter? The end result is the same. We lean in, we grow, we expand, we change because we're leaning in to who God is. God is continually revising and expanding who we think God is supposed to be. So we keep leaning in and that is Christian education and spiritual formation. And most of us are falling short in this department. We're too busy. We're too controlling. We're too tired. We're too overwhelmed. We're too afraid. Or we're too tired, or we're too tied to what we thought we have known about God, and unwilling to let go of old ideas, to embrace new truths that are always coming toward us, to do the hard work of leaning into God and discovering who God is yet to be, and then in turn, who we are yet to be. It's easier to trust in the Lord and not think about it which is kind of how this proverb can be read if we're feeling lazy or tired or overwhelmed or afraid. But I don't think that's a helpful interpretation. It's not trust in the Lord and check your brain at the door. It's trust in the Lord and lean into God to better hear and see and understand. Have you ever done a trust fall? You're standing perhaps just on the ground, though I've seen them done from a higher position if you have more trust and less control issues. (laughs) You cross your arms in front. You check the back to see that people are gathered back there to catch you. You bark commands, ready? And they are to say with great gusto, ready in unison. Then you declare falling, and before you fall, you have to hear them say, fall. And then you just do it. You fall, and you just trust that they will catch you. Do you understand the trust that you place in these people and all the work that goes into it for them to assure you That they've got you. Do you know how many times you look back, you double-check, you make eye contact with everybody that's gonna try to catch you? Trusting is not a haphazard adventure. Trust is work and investment and everybody all in together. Christian education and spiritual formation should be an investment of our time, our energy, our hearts, and our minds. I was reminded of a recent video that I saw of a trust fall gone awry. The wife was standing on the shore of a lake, right? Her feet were in the water. Her husband is He's behind her. He is so ready to catch her. She crosses her arms, and she says, ready, and he says, ready. And she says, falling, and he says, fall, and she goes face first into the water. (laughs) That is an example Of do not lean to your own understanding. (laughs) But rather, let us learn to trust fall into God with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with all of our minds, and with all of our strength. And then to know what it is to be caught by accepting, welcoming, forgiving love. May you be caught by love this week. May it be so. Amen.